this is a good game. Ah, I screwed up. Damn. Hang on a second. We have to start again. I was Where? not recording <laughs> from the beginning. The whole thing. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I, I thought I hit the button. It's only where it was blinking. Cut, cut, cut. Cut, cut, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'm so sorry. Hang on. Let me just restart this thing again. Hi, and welcome back to the Dovecast. And this is a kind of a little uh, silliness. Uh, this is a wonderful little interview I did with uh, Zamil from uh, uh, Germany, uh, who's a extraordinary rope artist, and I do mean extraordinary dancer, uh, dance background, and just uh, just a great little performer. And uh, he's he was visiting New York on his way to ShibariCon in 2011, and uh, we got to meet up again. I had met him uh, a year before uh, 2010 at ShibariCon which was his first year actually uh, presenting there and did a wonderful job. And I was so happy to have him there. And this is uh, after a, a kind of a fun time. We've been to, went to a, uh, went to a party. We were bouncing around New York. He wanted to uh, do another interview with me because an interview he had done uh, got eaten by the uh, technology monsters. So he was out with his uh, uh, Canon, uh, camera with a video in it and we're sitting in a we're looking for some place in lower the lower um uh lower east side for a spot to uh quietly record didn't quite work out quite that way and uh, uh became very funny as the local color intruded throughout this video i'd love to see it hopefully will one day and uh, i lucked out a little bit later because uh we had a little time, and the lobby of his hotel happened to be really, really quiet, and nobody was going in and out. So this is the first time I was using my uh, H2 recorder, and that was <laughs> had a few issues, as you can tell uh, by that little snippet. And we ended up having to uh, re-record the recording. You know, all I could think of was the uh, opening routine from uh, uh, Monty Python uh, and the Holy Grail, and... And the people who did the credit before have just been sacked because, uh, no, 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 but the people who we just sacked have been sacked on top of the people who say, anyway. So without further ado, let me uh, pop us over to the interview. And this is Zamil, and I hope you enjoy it. So we should, we should make sure we're on the same plane. Of course, then you're at an angle. Yeah, because you're at an angle. Yeah, but even if I was there. You need like an 18 in order to really get us. No, we can actually change that to make life a little bit more easy for you. So, this is one thing, and then this is the other. <laughs> you sure you're making this easier than it was? Probably. Yes, yep. no. Okay. I'm so there with you right now. With him. You and me. Okay, well now we're actually recording. I guess okay. we can start. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. So take two. Um, had a little technical difficulty. We forgot to turn on the mic. So we've actually turned on the mic, and I'm uh, welcome back to the Dovecast and talking with uh, Zamel at the moment. Um, the the great, the great Hi. impresario. Hi. <laughs> See, he's very modest and everything. I have the mic balanced on my knee, so we actually have good sound and good. So if you hear a big plunk. You know yeah. what happened? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So as I was saying before, I was I was talking about you know I just, you know senior stuff for years, loved it. Uh, always wanted to meet you. We met at uh, Shiparicon last year, which was mm -hmm. absolutely ecstatic that you finally made it too. Um, and you know, it was had so much fun in, in your classes, especially the the like I said the the big class. Mm -hmm. the, uh, what is it, what is it, what did I say at the oh the class you needed to know something in. Uh, or something like that, I said. And it was fun hanging out with the, uh, you know, my friends who, you know, they're, there's a lot of rope in US, Canada, et cetera, at the moment. And, um, people are your fans, as well as, uh, you know, just fans of Japanese bondage and bondage. Mm -hmm. And it was fun watching who in the class got what you were doing, who didn't, you know, who had already basically, oh yeah, I've seen him do that, or, you know, I learned that already from, from something he'd done or from somebody else, or from Loki, or something, who learned it from you. And then also watching the people who, even though they did know something, didn't didn't get it. You know? and the one I was talking about a moment ago was the, uh, how you were pulling the rope through between between the uh, arms, mm -hmm. you know, just moving it very fast. And you've got a dancer background, which mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, they're just tying rope, they don't realize how much movement is involved, what they have to do and stuff. So it was, you know, it was fascinating watching you work, you know, in that sense. And Thank it, you. It was, a, it was really, really, absolutely, you know, I had the most fun with that class. It was, it was the whole point of the event has been to get people like you and stuff like that. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I, the question I was, I was started uh, to ask you was, um, what got you started? And as I remember, it was something about desperation and, and, and terror. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much so. It was pure panic, actually. Um, I've been on stage in one of the local clubs in Berlin doing BDSM performances, so all whips and needles and stuff. Oh my. Um, so I was pretty much jumping on stage, having fun, getting money for it. Um, which, was, which is a cool concept, by the way. I, I, I'm, I applaud. Um, but uh, then there was a day where the, the owner of the club approached me and said, okay, we're, we're having a booth on Venus. Venus is uh, the biggest European erotic fair. Mm -hmm. Um, would you like to do the show for us you know, at our booth? And I said, yeah. And the next couple of days I started thinking about what I should do. Because <laughs> I felt that what I usually do wasn't enough for Venus because uh, it was big, it was all the industry there, so I needed to have something more appropriate. Uh, whatever that means. So, uh, <laughs> kind of flashy. Yeah. Uh, and I came up with the idea that bondage would actually be suitable. Okay. Not that I had any clue about it, but uh, thinking, okay, bondage is flashy, so I could do some bondage. Mm -hmm. I never had a rope in my hand up to that time. Uh, living in Vienna, I was uh, talking to a local guy if he could show me some tricks because he was the, the local king down there. Mm -hmm. uh, he did. Thank you for that. And so this is what got my first rope experience. Um, mm -hmm. It was more like for the show. But during Venus, I met one guy from, from, northern, from the northern part of Germany 
who was doing Japanese style bondage on stage and I was thinking like, wow, mm -hmm. this is cool, I want to learn that. So Venus is a couple of days, it's not just one day, it's about three or four days and uh, during this time I got to know him a little bit better and he turned out to be um, a little underdeveloped when it comes to social skills. Yeah, you mentioned that. And uh, so I was thinking, okay, I want to learn that, but not from him. Mm -hmm. But any other sources haven't been available, so I went to bookstores, got the first couple of books on, on um, what was bondage. The, what was the? What was the, Do you remember what, which any of which of the books? Um, one of one of the books were actually was actually Midori's. Um, okay. Japanese bondage, I think yeah, it's Japanese called. Bondage, yeah. um, and there was a German one um, from from Matthias Kunde. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's known if it's known in the U.S. But I um, actually, it was funny. It's actually I, I think we should talk about that because I, I don't I know European books, uh, American books, but um, I'm it, 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 like Japan. There's sort of an impenetrable wall, so we don't know what it is, so we don't know what's there. Yeah, but when it comes to German bondage books, there's a few. Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, one of one of them is uh, from Matthias, uh, which pretty much covers the basics. Okay. Um, so I read all that. Uh, didn't make me any smarter. <laughs> um, so I tried to because I, w I was actually trying to do that in shows, and what I did, uh, well, what I was thinking was that. Uh, doing suspensions is better than what I did on Venus. So I wanted to do suspensions. Uh, no clue, no technique, none whatsoever. Uh, just plain luck that I didn't kill my partner. You know, this is making me feel so much better, actually. Um, I'm so much less intimidated. And I, I went to I went to the club where I was usually working on stage mm -hmm. and uh, trying uh, did some training with one of the girls. And. We got out of the training. She was still alive. <laughs> and Good predictor. Then a guy approached me, 50 odd years old, looked like that the next thing you wanted to do to him is actually buy him a meal, getting, getting a shower, and <laughs> send him off to the barber. Right, right. Uh, so, but he was actually talking very calm and, and asked questions about what I did and why I mm -hmm. did that and the next thing. And really asked questions where I started thinking that okay this guy is either interested in what I'm doing right or he knows so one of the above mm -hmm. so we actually met the next day same club mm -hmm. because he invited me so if you come tomorrow then I will show you something and it turned out that this guy was actually living in Tokyo and living off bondage. So the guy who I met there in the club was actually Osada Steve. Absolutely awesome. So we spent a couple of days together in Berlin uh, and then he said okay if you if you want to know the ropes mm -hmm. fly over to Tokyo come to my place uh, and I will teach you. And this is exactly what I've done a couple of months later. To hell of a giant from nothing to oh by the way I'm Osada Steve, which by the way I love your description of him because it, <laughs> it does very much fit. Um, the thing is that I didn't have any clue. Yeah. So he, he could have been um, whoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. And I remember myself. Okay, I've just bought a plane ticket to Tokyo, which costs a fortune. Mm -hmm. 
I just booked a training class of two weeks living in whatever place in the city in the country I've never been to what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> so, like, You're living the dream. Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, from, from looking back now, I would say, okay, you're living the dream, but yeah. from the situation in which I was in, in 2004, yeah. it was just like, are you completely mad? <laughs> yeah. Going to the other side of the planet to a person you don't know, into a city you don't know, where you don't speak the language, you can't even read anything, um, okay. What was the word we were using? We were talking about earlier. Um, crazy. Mashugana. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally Mashugana. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It turned. It turned out that he wasn't. Um, he wasn't just interested in you know taking you to bed or anything like that. Exactly. So it turned out pretty good actually. Right. <laughs> so. Um, so and from then on, uh, I already at the stage. Now I had the technique, mm -hmm. um, and still. During that time, it was just on, at the beginning of Art Central, uh, which was the first show project I did. Um, about what what year would this be? You think? Sorry. What year would this be about? Uh, two thousand and four. Okay. Yeah. So I, the the Venus was two thousand and three in October. Mm -hmm. I went to Japan in April two thousand four. Um, came back I think end of end of April, beginning of May, something like that. And um, from there on, I got a booking every second week uh, doing a show. Oh, absolutely awesome. And during the first, let's say, half a year, there was still integrated some fetish, some whips, some stuff. But it turned out to, to be more and more rope-centered. And by now, nobody knows me from my fetish so shows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You? Fetish? No. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that happens, one of the things I, I say about the, the scenes, and I, I've noticed it's true in all scenes, is you're known for the last thing somebody saw you do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, when I first got on the scene it was rope, then I ended up in whips, became the whip guy, and then finally I went back to ropes and it was like, you do whips? You know, <laughs> canes, whatever, yeah. It's Same here. So, yeah, ever since I kind of progressed, moved on, and um, now we're here. Yeah. I, I'm as I said, I'm always fascinated with uh, where people come from with their, you know, getting into rope. Uh, terror is a very good, good reason to do it, um, and also where they do all from. I mean, it's uh, Rizzo, where Rizzo's asking for dates. Also, is um, kind of interested in, in the timelines going from you know, like I got in about '93 in the, in the New York scene and American scene, and it's been fascinating tracking the history going forward um, you know uh, people always look at it from their perspective I started now therefore everything starts now mm. uh, and I'm more interested in the fact that the uh, the timeline going forward what you know what influenced people um, some people are influenced by what other people did uh, you you're influenced by I saw this guy do this versus you know the larger thing uh, I have friends who are massively influenced by like you know they picked up uh, insects or they found Kiku.com, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or any of Osada stuff, or they, sure. they found the ARA list, or you know, any, any of these little things. And it's No, actually, yeah. uh, when, it, when it comes to myself, and, and uh, I find it particularly boring uh, looking at bondage images. I understand that way too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> because they don't do anything to me, except for I look at the technique, so mm -hmm. what they've done, does it look good, uh, or is it is it not good, whatever, mm -hmm. but 
when it comes to any, let's say, sexual harassment, it doesn't do a thing to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, it ha never has. Yeah, so I was never actually intrigued by uh, the image of a bound woman when it comes to photographs or when it comes to videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But doing the same thing is completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I totally understand that. I mean, the. the the like for myself, I remember when I was I was fascinated by images because mm -hmm. I was I knew what I was doing and there were little things, but I, and the things that really turned me on was when I was tying somebody up. Mm -hmm. When I started seeing imagery, it excited me because it was stuff that I didn't know how to do at the time. Okay. Now I look at stuff like I was a big insects fan, love their stuff, mm -hmm. it's delightfully fucked up and everything. Now I kind of look at it and go, mm, I did that my last two dates, you know. And it doesn't affect me anymore because mm -hmm. it's like, it's not an unknown. It's oh, I know how to lift somebody up that way. I know how to do that sort of thing. So it's kind of desensitized me to it. But all in all, um, I, I told you that, that whole what is it that makes it work for you? The you know I see it, therefore I go for it and I do it. it, it that seems to be a large thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. you know, Which is okay. Oh, it's yeah. perfect. It's I, actually that's a re you know to be honest, that's actually what. Um, more of a definition of a fetish. Mm. Um, I think there is no bad reason. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no bad reason. No, no, yeah. It's all good, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's a problem I always have with the scene these days is people use the term fetish so loosely. You know, uh, people, oh, I, I'm into fetish, I bought a rubber, a rubber outfit. And that's maybe fetishistic, but is it really their fetish? You know, and... They have to decide. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. it, it, it gets it gets silly sometimes, uh, especially when you see photographers who, who will buy uh, a lot of you know fetish gear to do something, and then they'll put it on a model, and you sit like you're saying, it's, you said when you look you look at uh, a picture and go, hmm, is this right or not? And I think one thing that absolutely pisses me off is when I see some specifically fetish image, you know, something where somebody's like in rubber or rope, and you're looking at it going, that's wrong. That, that, that's not how a fetish is. That's not how they would wear this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, so, anyway, um, I also, you know, you actually pretty much started at the top when you think about it, you know, just jumping into that way. Without knowing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, let's put it that way, without knowing, just by sheer luck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was like, okay, all the good things fall together in one place. Yes. It was just been lucky uh, being at Venus, uh, having the thought of doing mm -hmm. Voynich, meeting us started, doing the classes, then having the stage already, so I didn't have to look for a right. stage. Um, Plus you were already a performer, so you already had that, you know. Exactly. You were already broken having, up. Having a partner on my, on my side who was actually living up to all that, what, mm -hmm. what came after that, um, et cetera, et cetera, I was, um, I think the biggest the biggest um, fetish erotic parties in, in Europe is Wasteland. Okay, and when, when I look back in, in May 2004, June 2004, I was thinking, okay, so if there is anything I want to do in my life, then I would like to do a show in Wasteland. And November the same year, I did. Okay. So it was just like, okay, all <laughs> the good things fall into place. Yeah. What, what are the, uh, the um, would you say, the, the best... Uh, parties that or best events in that in that uh, 
in your neck of the woods? Um, I think the best events and the best parties are those parties where you come in and bring your own party with you. <laughs> I think that's anywhere. That yeah, exactly. And that's okay. pretty much anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can you can be in a crowd with let's say five thousand people and still get bored to death because yeah. you, you you yourself are pretty boring during that night. Yes, uh, and you can have a party <laughs> with let's say six people and have fun mm -hmm. uh, up to your eyeballs and uh, just because you're in the right mood and right place that the people sure. are matching etc etc. So there is no at least for me there is no the perfect event in terms of let's say event X, Y, Z mm -hmm. or party X, Y, Z. It's more, am I in the mood for this type of party tonight? Okay. Well, let me, put it, let me rephrase it slightly then. Um, I mean, the parties I enjoy, for example. Okay. Yeah, places I enjoy. Okay. Yeah, sure, there are a lot. Um, so my main club, which I go to <laughs> Probably once every weekend if I can. <laughs> that, that would be that would be consistent. Yes. Um, if, consistent. if not, I, I probably in reality I end up maybe twice a month, three times a month in there. Okay. Uh, this is insomnia in Berlin. Um, a place I just love. Yeah. Um, then there's another place in Berlin called Equipage, uh, which is a pl more e or less Equipage. Equipage. That's a great name. Uh, what does that mean? Something to do with horses. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll look it up. I just like I like Icky Posh. That's great. It's a great name. I just like um, which is it's not a it's not a party location. It's more like a play location. Sure. Yeah. So you have lots of uh, furniture where you, which you can use, and mm -hmm. you have a cool crowd. Um, if you're on your own, don't go there. You know, bring somebody. Bring somebody. Yeah. yeah because people tend not to mix up. Yeah, so, so you have to pick up place, no yeah, lot of singles. Exactly. So yeah. you have to bring your own party with you already. Yeah, but it's fine. If you yeah. don't, it's cool. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, lo I love clinic in Amsterdam, clinic parties, um, which is not related to the to the fetish, mm -hmm. which is just the name of the party. Uh, but it has been a while since I was there. I think the last la the last time I attended was two thousand six. Okay. Uh, I've been to Wasteland uh, just recently. Mm -hmm. uh, cool, cool party in Amsterdam as well. Mm -hmm. um, but this is exactly the thing that sometimes I have the impression there are the this kind of party people and there's this BDSM crowd. Yeah, yeah. You have that. You have that here um, as well. And I'm, I'm kind of fifty percent of each. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I love to dance. I love to go out partying, uh, go clubbing, um, come back home maybe six or seven in the morning, mm. um, and in the meantime, do a scene, play, do whatever, you know, whatever you fancy, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but not being limited to okay, this is an SM place, so you have to play here right. and no dancing. And if you smile and laugh, go to the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know a few places like that. Yeah. It, it, me too. Yeah. yeah, and this is exactly the places where I go in, go out, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I really like the. Uh, this is. This is what I like. I mean, I like places where you have cool music, where you can dance, where you have your drink, mm -hmm. play, um, and do whatever. 
Yeah. And this is what, for me, uh, when it all comes together, it's insomnia. Yeah, because this is exactly the place I like. <coughs> and all the other parties. Um, so when it comes to, to rope, <laughs> which is a completely different thing. But wait, there's more. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you have a lot of, of rope events. Yeah, so you have BoundCon, and you have ShibariCon, and you have the London Rope Art... Um, London Festival of Japanese Rope Art. Right, which is just... This is like the second one I think they're doing? Or? Yes, in yes. September. Um, and so on and so forth. And these have very different approaches. So mm -hmm. ShibariCon is a very educational thing. Uh, where you have play parties, right? Uh, BoundCon is more fair. Yeah, you have no education, none whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Okay, there is, sorry, and to correct myself, there is the one hour every Saturday where somebody is on a big stage. In front of him, maybe twenty people, mm -hmm. and he's talking into a microphone and trying to explain bondage <laughs> <laughs> to people who are at least twenty meters away from him. I don't know if that works. But anyway, I, I, I doubt. It. I was at uh, one of the bound cons that was in uh, New York. They, they, I think it was bound con. They, uh, yeah, bound con. They, uh, I think they had split at one point, mm. and uh, uh, it, it was it was actually no eye opener for me because I brought a bag of rope and I got there. And I'm used to the New York scene. I'm used to bondage. I'm used to you know you go to the play an event where something's gonna happen, and it was entirely fanboys basically mm. running around after the models. Uh, I've got this bag of rope. I actually was funny. I had just shaved my beard. I had a huge beard. And so uh, the stuff I didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, no, no, no. Oh, no. My beard at the time was down to here. It was like okay. I, things easy top. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. You'll go like, holy shit! I look like Neilan. Do you know Neilan Blake? Uh, the, no. Okay, Neil. I look like anyone who knows Neilan. I look like Neilan's older brother. And we're. I'm there. Midori's there. And she's in her outfit, and she's got this one model, and she's doing her demonstration, and she's selling her spider frame thing, and she's doing that little Japanese walk thing she does and everything. And she keeps looking at me, like little head cock thing, like, I know you from somewhere, motherfucker. And then just keeps moving, you know. But she does that very, you know, like, doesn't, you know, unless you've noticed her looking at you, you're not going to know she's saying mm -hmm. And I cock my head, and I, my, I, I have certain positions where if you know me, you're just like, oh, that's you. Just this great little backup towards me. Went, oh, it's you. Hi, how you doing? And then went right back into her thing. But it was like, it was weird being the only person there who actually like tied somebody and was able to tie somebody up other than Midori. Mm -hmm. In that sense, when it when it comes to BoundCon, there are a lot of people who can tie, and okay. they have their booth, and they tie on the booth or on the center stage right. or on the, on on one of the other stages. Mm -hmm. But this is just, let's say, entertainment. Right. Yeah. But the main purpose of BoundCon is to sell products, exactly. what, whatever pr product there might be. Yeah, it's, it's corsets or rope or uh, dildos mm -hmm. or movies right. or whatever. But a complete different approach, let's say in comparison to ShibariCon, which is an educational event which has its vending area, okay, mm -hmm. um, or to London. In London, it's educational as well. Yeah, right. and you have a night with loads of performances. Mm -hmm. I mean. Actually, it's the third time in London. Um, oh, it's right, it's yeah. Yeah. Last time, last year, we had Saturday night, I don't know how many, 15, 25 performances a night. Mm -hmm. So it was a couple on stage, 10 minutes, next one, 10 minutes, next one, 10 minutes, nice. next one. From starting from 8 till about 3 o'clock in the morning. 
wow. Yeah, performance after performance after performance after performance. So it kind of blurred together, <laughs> but it was interesting to see you had there. Uh, Kinokov was there, Bruce as mm -hmm. uh, You had Navashi Murakami, you had whoever, myself, etc., etc. And you have seen about 40 to 50 shows during that night. And I think you have seen two that worked. And 48, 48, 30 to 48 shows completely fucked up. <laughs> so it was really, it was really a bad rock night. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, okay. So is there really a, such a thing as a bad, it's not like a bad blowjob. It's, it's, it was hilarious. I mean, we, we were, after a while we were really laughing because it was just visible that the next thing would happen. Yeah, so not slocking without you and you can't open them again, then the ropes get tangled all over the place, <laughs> then the people trying an inward suspension but uh, actually releasing the wrong rope so the, oh, the bunny gets pinched and yeah. any, any possible accident you could think wrong. of was actually happening during that night. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a big educational performance event, <laughs> which was fun. I, you learned. And what I learned out of that was actually that there are a couple of tricks. Insurance. Um, <laughs> there, there are actually a couple of tricks where you can actually um, come into a bad situation and still look cool. Yeah. For example, the performance I did, uh, we had, uh, my girl was actually wearing high heels with very small pointy mm -hmm. ends of her shoes. And for whatever reason, they put very soft. You have to start again. I'm following mine. <laughs> As we pause for technical difficulties on the <laughs> portion of the show. If you cannot see that, that's because you're listening to my show, which is a radio. <laughs> well, actually, it's audio. Okay. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going. I was going on about London. So my girl was actually wearing high heel shoes with very pointy ends ouch and for whatever reason they put about five um, so two and a half inch thick mattresses on stage and we didn't see that before oh, so she God. was trying to do a strip <laughs> on high heels on that mattresses <laughs> oh no it kind of looked a little bit wobbly <laughs> you, you think <laughs> And she didn't land on her face. I'm, I'm impressed. No, she didn't. But, uh, man, the curses she was actually um, releasing during that time <laughs> have been uh, wow. quite interesting. That's, yeah, that, that's, wow. <laughs> so by the time I put the first rope on her, she was mm -hmm. completely out of her mind, completely angry, completely... <laughs> well, you know, rope performances are one of those things either, I mean... Shabarikon has always had like a, uh, uh, we've done our own halftime show, you know, we do our little performance stuff. And, uh, a while back, uh, Lee was doing a special performance. Uh, uh, We're waiting here for technical difficulties, part two. Part two is now, now as we wait for the audio person to stop banging the freaking. <laughs> 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 there is a door problem. There is a door problem. <laughs> Hal, I have high hopes for this mission, Hal. 
please open the pod bay doors, Hal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have to understand something. He's incredibly carefully opening the door as quietly as he possibly can after having made as much noise as possible. Anyway, uh, so as I was saying, um, uh, Lee uh, Lee Harrington yeah. was doing uh, this uh, special self suspension thing and flip over and everything. And now Lee, Lee's Lee. I mean, Lee is the the self suspension king, you know. And you know, uh, it's like Shadow Shadow in Europe. I mean, she's doing great mm -hmm. self suspension. Stuff. Yeah, these these are you know people who know their shit. And Suzanne Sexisatus actually was part of the. She was actually sort of acting as spotter and part of the, the little thing. And everyone's sitting there. And Lee reaches out and is upside down and reaches for a rope and boom, mm -hmm. straight down rolls back the neck and like everyone in the audience was like this freeze moment of everyone moving forward Suzanne dived in Lee had curved and caught, uh, caught himself just right you know so he was he was fine but it was that kind of like you're going this quiet place yes Good. Well, it was it was quiet it was quite it was you know it was quite it was quieter than we had let's put it that so um you know but lee, lee caught himself perfectly i'll just for that uh lee caught himself perfectly you know it was okay everything was cool but you know here's lee with you know a ridiculous amount of experience and grabbed the wrong road shit sure. happens and no, I mean, this is, this is a standard rule of performances, especially when it comes to rope performances, is something will go wrong. Yes. Yeah? You don't know what it is, you don't know when it will happen, <laughs> but something will go wrong. Yeah. And if it doesn't, lucky you. Mm -hmm. Yeah? But the thing is not that something will go wrong, the thing is how you handle it. Yes. Yeah? And how you, even if it's a f thing that is going wrong, how you actually manage to either make it look like it's part of the show yes. or to not look completely goofy. Mm -hmm. But or, I remember or goofy in a good way. Yeah. But I remember for, for when I was what? What's that? Hi. As we're holding for technical difficulties here. <laughs> technical difficulties. I mean I edited any of this out. This is just like awesome. <laughs> number 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 five? Take number fifty two. The Larch, slide number two. The Larch. <laughs> wow, that was like the great ejection of the CF card. And you see, I got a new one. <laughs> well, at least you were in the city for it, which is a good thing. So you're saying uh, landing the goofy way and uh, surviving. Oh wait, we're still still technically difficulty. I feel like I should start making uh, Eric von Stroheim uh, jokes. Why is this Wiener not shooting? <laughs> 30 years ahead. So, where did I left off? Uh, uh, we oh yeah, okay. Saving and goofing. Yes. Um, so, for example, when I was doing a show at BandCon, one of the years I was there on the main stage, I was actually tying Malise up, uh, three rope, Takatikote, all fun. We were actually mm -hmm. bound to do a sideways suspension. 
and I was into the Taka Dakota and all, all, all the rope was flying and everything was cool, the lights was great, the music was just at the point. And I grabbed the next rope, got down on my knees, tied her leg, and then she said, hey, you, got, you forgot the main suspension line. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I was like, fuck. So, throwing the rope around her, uh, around her um, mm -hmm. leg again, throwing it on the stage with a big movement, like it should be exactly that way, mm -hmm. grabbing a new one, caressing her, and then attaching the main suspension line. <laughs> I meant to do that, of course. <laughs> sure, yes. exactly. part of the show, yeah? That's the best um, way you gotta do it. Yeah. yeah, so something will happen. Oh, sure. Yeah. I remember a look I did this one where he was at, uh, actually it was actually Shabarak County, he was doing uh, uh, a demo. His demo was, actually I think it was one of his little, he was doing a show thing, grabs a piece of rope and you know, he has, a, he has them bundled with the, uh, the little the loop hanging out mm -hmm. to grab it, snap, goes off. One of the great, greatest things ever. So he grabs it, snaps it, and the whole bundle just goes flying. Mm -hmm. And he just does that, that low kai, the head shake thing and goes, Grabs another one, keeps going, but it was just somebody had nodded it instead of. Yeah, I mean, you, you just have to keep going with it. I mean, sure. And even if you're not just doing performance, just um, I think one of the things when you're doing scening, when you're playing with somebody, uh, the ability to think on your feet, to just okay, a didn't work, keep moving, don't break the scene. Mm -hmm. you, know, you you you, that ability is is it takes a lot to learn. You know, and sure. I think a lot. Of, some people never learn it. I mean, I've seen some amazing scenes where some sh some shit goes wrong, and one party or the other just goes off screaming because you know the whole magic is gone. Rather than how do you make this work? How do you keep going? How do you, you know, if you're the person in charge, how do you weave the magic around that person? You know, it's yeah, performance or otherwise. That's, that's something you can learn, but the the question is if. If you're doing a rope in a public place and something goes wrong and you're only doing rope in a public place because you want to show off mm. and mm. something goes wrong, then it might be different than doing rope in a public place because you, you, because you want to play with your partner in public. This is true. Um, yeah. So the first lot I can see go off screaming. <laughs> uh, the second lot, I think yeah. they can handle a situation like that. It's true. I, I usually discount the ones you're doing uh, for Shaw. Uh, there was a... Which I is about 50%? Um, no, just kidding. I, I don't have the figures, but... I'll be polite. Yeah. <laughs>